This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. So far in the first hour of the show, we've gone down to Hamilton. We've headed down the 401 to land in Montreal for a bit. And now we head out to the wacky West Coast, Vancouver, British Columbia, to catch up with community reporter Amy Amanti. Hey, good morning, Amy. Hey, good morning, Dave. Amy, unsurprisingly, you've got a lot of information about what's going on with arts and culture in the Vancouver neck of the woods. So let's start with the Tightrope Theatre in Vancouver, which is going to be hosting improv workshops for locals. So why did these workshops stick out to you? Oh, this is really interesting to me, Dave. So I've uh, been asked to be a part of a conservatory for tightrope theater impro, which is so interesting. I was like, hmm, is that a typo on their website? But they actually go by impro instead of improv. It's an old British term. It means the same thing. Um, so tightrope uh, is offering a conservatory. So I will now be on the stages playing uh, improv, which is so much fun. But one of the reasons why I thought this was so interesting is that they offer workshops to everybody. So I'm a blind guy gal taking some improv. There's another blind gal uh, doing some improv. I know a couple of blind uh, uh, gents in the area that are taking improv with different companies. So improv is really opening itself up to being more accessible to more communities. And one of the really interesting things that I thought about tightrope in terms of like getting in there and playing these games and learning about the basics of improv and high stakes and building characters and all those fun things is that they not only focus on the entertainment value, but they're focusing on a wellness and business value of improv. So for example, they have a, a, a improv workshop for people who are experiencing Parkinson's um, and people who are experiencing uh, mental illness. So they've got these, these different sort of workshops so that you can work through um, uh, with your disability and uh, celebrate your disability, but also be in a place where it's safe to explore given your various disabilities. And I thought that was really, really interesting uh, approach. As you mentioned, you're going to be part of this sort of conservatory. You're going to be a, a, a part of this process. What do you think offering an inclusive improv workshop looks like? Or pardon me, impro workshop looks like? <laughs> impro, improv. You know, I, I potato, potato for me, Dave. Um, I think there's a couple of things um, that it does and that it, that it looks like. So certainly, as we know, for folks who are blind and partially sighted, improv is a very visual medium. Everything about it is visual, even from the uh, the applauding for the characters on the stage. So if you're playing a game and there's four characters or four players and uh, one of them has to win, they often just put a hand over, over the player's head and you clap for that person, right? And so it's like, well, if you want this person to win, clap. If you want this person to win, well, I don't know who it is that, uh, that, we're, that I'm voting for if I was even able to follow the game. So part of me being um, invested in this conservatory is how can we make some of these games as accessible as possible considering it's a very visual medium. Mm. So that's, you know, I'm in, I'm in a whole week two of a three-month process here, Dave. So it's early days, but we're just, <laughs> yeah, we're embarking on how it is that we bring in more verbal um, uh, in terms of our instructions and in terms of our sort of the format so that things that are dialogue-based are much more easy to follow. Improv 
is a subculture. I'm going to go out there and say that right now. It's a subculture. It's sort of a subculture of the broader theater movement. And it feels like it comes in waves in terms of its popularity. Obviously, whose line is it anyway in the mid to late yeah. 90s and early 2000s really kind of burst it into a point where it was mainstream. There were high school improv teams everywhere competing provincially, nationally. It was a pretty wild scene, man. It was a scene. Where do you think improv is right now in regards to those ups and downs of waves and popularity? Do you know what's interesting? I don't think improv ever lost its popularity. I think it just, there, like you said, you know, like I was an improv uh, um, competitor in high school as well. But theater sports in general has been a giant um, professional league of folks who are competing, um, competing for your votes on stages, competing to entertain you. Uh, so I don't think it's ever really lost its popularity. In fact, here in Vancouver, we actually have an improv festival every September. So improv of troops, this is where it gets interesting is there used to just be sort of like one improv theater that you would go to and now they're improv troops so a tightrope, different nights of the week for like 10 or 20 bucks, you can go and see for example an improv group um, called Queer Prov and these are all a group of people from the queer community that are doing Queer Prov they have a, a an improv troupe that is very specific Asian Canadian so that they can tell their stories uh, in improv fashion and customize their games, so um, I think what's happening is improv has become much more inclusive in how we tell the stories and who is represented on our stages. Well, this particular improv workshop runs Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Thursdays, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. And you can learn more by visiting tightropetheater.com, tightropetheater.com. And if I said that too fast, don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. It'll be available on the blog after the show, ami.ca slash now, ami.ca slash now. Let's jump over to the Vancouver Writers Festival of 2022. It's taking place this month. What are they going to be showcasing? Yeah, taking place from October 17th to 2023. It's the Writers Festival on Granville Island and uh, and then some other sort of little pockets of Metro Vancouver. And I think, you know, the Writers Festival is exactly what it sounds like. There are lots of presenters, lots of artists uh, and authors reading their books, uh, uh, panel discussions with uh, authors, different opportunities to learn uh, like writing workshops. So I'm going to be taking a couple of workshops about writing for the self and uh, writing for um, comedy, those kinds of things. So that'll be a really interesting workshop. And then there's one that um, that Vocali is, doesn't need to describe because, well, it's all being read out loud anyways. But we're going to get a group of people to go to what's called the Literary Cabaret. And this is a couple of hours in the evening. You sit at kind of cabaret tables and you are listening to a bunch of authors. Some of them are, are well-known Canadian authors. Some are well-known international authors. Some are emerging authors. And they're just going to read excerpts from their books. And I think that that's... Um, you know, last year we uh, Vocali did a digital version of that and we brought it to our almost live platform and it was so well received. We thought, well, now that it's back in person, we better take a group. When we think about accessibility on a festival like this, what are some mm -hmm. of the considerations that they're keeping in mind? 
Well, uh, I'm actually working on their accessibility uh, roundtable group. So uh, I'm a little bit everywhere, but the, some of the things we talk about are things like sighted guide training, making sure that your venues have a little to no barriers in terms of stairs, uh, have accessible washrooms, that kind of thing, that staff are trained to understand how to have conversations with people with disabilities in a dignified way, You know, may, not making assumptions that everybody needs help, but maybe asking the question. We often talk about something called ask, listen, act. Sounds like three very simple rules of thumb, right? I like that. I like that. Right? Ask, listen, act. Ask, listen, and act. ALA. Right? So a, lot, a lot of that is going on. A lot of talk about language, reducing ticket pricing, uh, having opportunities for people to have meetup locations because Granville Island is quite a complicated place to navigate. Oh, yeah. All sorts of things. <laughs> Even getting to Granville Island, not super simple. Only a couple, it's, it's, only a couple points of contact. True. It's so it's so true, and there are a lot of um, like little theater venues uh, all over the island. So if you are doing a festival, the idea is is that you go for a day and you're doing like six different things in a day, right? So at two o'clock you're here, and at four o'clock you're there, and at six o'clock you're here, and eight o'clock you're there. And I don't know how I'm going to get to all those venues by myself. Well, I don't need to worry about that because um, because I'll have a guide that can walk me from venue to venue. I won't get lost. October seventeenth to twenty third. Probably still nice enough outside to uh, eat a steak by the ocean between uh, performances. Writersfest.bc.ca, writersfest.bc.ca to learn more about that one. Actually, you know what? I'll give the phone number too because I know some of you folks out there email and you say, Dave, we don't like the internet. We like the phone. Okay, fine. <laughs> Here's the phone number. 778-658-0462. 778-658-0462. Of course, if you went to the blog, ami.ca slash now, the phone number would be there for you too. Amy, let's move from the world of arts to the world of sports. It's curling season. The Vancouver Curling is. Club is going to be offering up some blind curling this year. So what are they putting on offer for the blind curlers? You know, blind curling has been a really popular thing here in Vancouver for years. Of course, went on hiatus during the pandemic, as everything did, and now it's coming back. So blind curling is uh, offers a couple of things. It's pretty much exactly the same traditional game of curling, um, except that you have some folks who are uh, there to support, um, whether it is um, sweeping or whether it is calling the rocks or whether it is standing at the other end of the house and letting you know verbally where all of the rocks are located if you can't see them. There also is an adaptation, which uh, if, you, if you have difficulty getting down on your knees, so it's, it's a wheelchair adaptation, but we use it in blind curling. It's a long stick pole, and you can actually attach it to the top of the rock, and you can slightly turn it to curl your rock and push it with a stick, so you don't have to do the, the traditional kind of glide thing, which the older we get, I have to tell you, is the, is, is a really hard thing to do. Yeah, going up and down, not as easy as it used to be. The verticality is sometimes a little bit complicated. Yeah, Amy, I've been uh, really lucky over the years to cover a whole mess yes. of the national championships, the national bonspiels for blind curling. So I've had a chance to meet a bunch of curlers from all over the country who all love it. So how can people potentially sign up or get involved, even if they've never thrown a rock before, but they want to hurry hard to Vancouver Curling hurry Club? Hurry, yeah, that's right. You don't need to have ever thrown a rock before. When I started doing uh, blind curling, I just um, I just showed up and was a part of the group. That's some of the beauty of it is that, you know, you're also in with community. And so oftentimes they do a little bit of a lunch beforehand. So if you want to come do that, you pay your 10 bucks, whatever, and they do a little soup and sandwich lunch. But curling happens on Wednesday afternoons from 12 till 2 p.m. at the Vancouver Curling Club. And there is a phone number here, Dave, for people to get in touch with folks. Uh, Carol is a lovely human, and she'll answer any of your questions if you call 
9656. 604-266-9656. Hang out with Carol. Amy mentioned lunch. The reason I like the curlers is for the beer after the games. I like that the <laughs> winning right. team has to buy the losing team a beer. That's a tradition I can get down with as a perpetual I'm sports you, loser. You need to be on a dragon boat team, Dave. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like it. Next anymore. time you're in Vancouver in the summertime, I, hit me up. We'll I, take you on a dragon boat. I, I don't like getting wet. I don't like getting wet. There's the possibility of falling into the water, and that's where the sharks are. Amy, thank It never happens. Amy, thank you for this. Thank you, Dave. That's Amy Amanti with a community report from Vancouver, British Columbia. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.